What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Flashback Cafe. I'm your host, Austin Spaulding, and I've got two lovely guests with me today. I'm Connor Seco. And I'm Bennett Smith. And we're talking about the one, the only, Panic at the Disco today. Um, if, Woo! If, if you've been listening to Flashback for a while, you know that we are big fans of Panic at the Disco. Um, we plug them regularly at this point, I would argue. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, they're, they're very fun to listen to. They're uh, Right now, I think it's just comprised of Brendan Urie and then a couple backup people, but it's not like the band that it yeah. used to be. I think Wait. he just gets se- like session musicians when he does stuff. And I know he does a lot of the music, like uh, the, the, the makeup of the music on, like, on his own, too. Um, yeah. He has like mm-hmm. a whole room that he... Um, like a whole recording booth and everything in his house, but that's not... Yeah, too, officially, like, technically, I think it's considered a solo act by Brendan Urie with help from the bassist and drummer and all that fun stuff. And they help him when he's on tour to yeah. actually perform. So. Yeah. It, it's just, he gets people and it's probably at this point, the same people. So it's like kind of a band, but it's, it's Brendan Urie's yeah. project. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I'll give a little bit of a rundown of panic at the disco, um, similar to what I did last time with follow boy. If you haven't listened to that one, highly recommend checking it out. Really good start to the, uh, to the series. Um, but there's a panic at the disco. As we talked about, it is currently a solo project of Brendan Urie, but it started as a four-man group with Brendan Urie, Ryan Ross, Spencer Smith, and Brent Wilson. Um, they're just like a fun little group. Um, I think they were they were friends with growing up, and they, they started with their album, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out. It came out in 2005. You probably know it because of the song I Write Since Not Tragedies. You might know. <coughs> sorry. You might know the song uh, Lying is the Most Fun a Girl Can Have Without Taking Her Clothes Off, another big song from that. And that album went triple platinum, which is pretty cool. Um, and then they followed that up three years later with their album Pretty Odd. Uh, they they had the their big song from that I think was Nine in the Afternoon. Pretty sure that was like the one of the only singles that they put out from that. Nine album. in the Afternoon is a fantastic. Yeah. Oh, so good, dude. Such a good song. Um, but yeah, that that one came out and it was it was a big change from the I Write Some Tragedies uh, album, as it was. Um, a very interesting and like different take um and that also half the band left after that um so there's two people still remaining um and they made the song new perspective for jennifer's body which if you ask me is one of their best songs um but you can't really find it on a lot of streaming platforms too easily which is unfortunate um they started bringing in um other people to fill the to fill in those gaps that that were left by the two band members leaving um, when they made their third album, Vices and Virtues, in 2011. Um, but by that point, it was it was just recorded. Um, I think that album was actually just recorded by the two remaining band members. I think they only brought in the other guys for tours. Um, then, I think, yeah. Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die was their album. After that, two years later, um, in 2013... There were, I think, three people currently, like on this at this point, because like like we said, Panic of the Disco has been a a band of all sorts of people. It's it's really something. But yeah, they made Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die in 2013, which I, a lot of people I know think that's one of their best albums, um, including like I think it's one of their better albums, definitely. It is a very, a very good album. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it I think that one really started to solidify the like the current. Panic at the Disco, like what people think of as a Panic at the Disco, really started with Too Weird, Too Rare, um, because that's really the sound that they've they've adapted from the most, in my opinion. Um, and you can hear what I mean by that if you listen to their 
album that came out three years later, which is Death of a Bachelor. It's the fifth studio album um, by Panic! It's a Disco, but it's, the f- I believe, the first one that Brendan Urie did on his own, featuring songs like Hallelujah, um, Death of a Bachelor, mm-hmm. which, like, the title track is fantastic, an absolutely phenomenal song. Um, they had, I think Victorious might have been on that. Yeah, Victorious is on that yeah, album. Yeah, Victorious is on Death of a Bachelor. Yeah, if you if you think of big popular Panic songs from the last couple of years, it's going to probably be on Death of a Bachelor, or it'll be on their album that came out in, um, I believe, 2018, which was Pray for the Wicked, um, and this is the second uh, single released, or not second single, second solo album released by Brendan Urie under the guise of Panic at the Disco, but I believe that it was the first one that me and my friends thought might just come out as Brendan Urie, and we were wrong. We were really excited. We were like, all right, at this point, maybe he just gives up the Panic at the Disco name, um, but it just carries too much of a semblance, or maybe there's some sort of record deal. Um, but it came mm-hmm. out under under the name of Panic at the Disco as another one-man um, in 2018, and they haven't put out any new music since. But that's the basic history of, mm-hmm. fall, or of uh, I almost said Fall Out Boy again, of Panic at the Disco. <laughs> um, so Connor and Bennett, I gave kind of the rundown of like the albums and I I did very brief explanations of the band history. If you guys have anything you want to toss in, now would be a good time for that. I mean a- pretty much like you said like uh you think he was gonna maybe release uh something, but I mean if you think about it, Panic at the Disco pretty much is Brandon Yuri. Not yeah. th- respect to everybody else who's been involved with Panic at the Disco, we do appreciate your work. But like everyone who knows Panic at the Disco knows Brendan Yuri. So I yeah. think that it's kind of hard to separate the name from the face with that. And also he does, I, I think it's funny because he features on a lot of songs as Brendan Urie um, and not Panic at the Disco, which I really, mm-hmm. I kind of appreciate. Um, mm-hmm. And then the song, like, I think it's Love in the Middle of a Firefight by Dylan Francis. He features on, I'm pretty sure, as Brendan Urie of Panic at the Disco, which is ironic mm-hmm. to me because it's, they're both just Brendan Urie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Brendan Urie of Brendan Urie. Yeah, Brendan Urie of Brendan Urie's band. Yeah. I mean, that's like the same thing as, um, what was it? When Haley Williams from Paramore, she's like, hey, as as in Haley Williams from Paramore, but Haley Williams is Paramore pretty much. Like, Which is nice, though, because yeah. she wanted to uh, make sure her band got recognition, though. Yeah, it's... Haley Williams is, like, she's... Don't get me wrong. She's been, like, famous from a young age. Um, But she's – and so she's had, like, her her bad moments, like, when she got grounded and had to cancel a tour, which is hilarious to me. (laughs) Yeah, there was, like, a whole thing. She, like, threw a fit, and her mom made her cancel a show because she was still in high school or something or, like, early in college. And the mom was, like, focused on school, and they got in a fight, and Haley had to cancel a a show. Wow. I'm pretty sure. I'll I'll fact check that. Um, But she's – that's just more proof to me that – like she she fought so hard against her like her mom even at that time at such a young age to let her perform but she couldn't do it. She cares a lot about music and I really respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's get yeah, back it, to Panic at the Disco. Um, but um, yeah, Conda, yeah. what did you have to say? Yeah, so as I as I mentioned uh, just sort of briefly before, the only reason that I know like who Panic at the Disco is is because Nine in the Afternoon was a song in Dance Dance Revolution. Really, <laughs> and I, I, every time I would go over to my my cousin's house in like, like middle school, I would play Dance Dance Revolution and dance to, uh, the to, to that song and uh, like Captain Jack. I think it's uh it's what it's called. Hmm. I love that. 
Um, the the album I jumped on, I think was well, fi- when I finally found Panic Disco was actually on the Vices and Virtues era. Yep. I think the first song I heard was Ballad of Mona Lisa, and from there I had to like kind of backtrack, be like, okay, where did this band come from? Where are we going? And I think I caught it on the tail end of Vices and Virtues because not too long after I discovered them, um, Too Weird to Live came out, which is wild. So yep. I was like, okay, so I. If I was if I wasn't interested before, too weird to live came out, and I was like, okay, interested now. For me specifically, I hopped in Panic at the Disco without like a, at a certain point. It was more of my friends were all huge Panic fans, and I just started adopting it there. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember specifically like pre-ordering Death of a Bachelor. Um, but uh, Fever You Can't Sweat Out was one of the first like three CDs I bought for my car. Because um, while my sister and I shared a car, the first three CDs I bought were. A Fever You Can't Sweat Out, Blurry Face, and uh, From Under the Cork Tree. And then when I got my own car, the first CD I bought was Midnight Memories by One Direction. Um, but A Fever <laughs> You Can't Sweat Out was a very important first song, or first album for me in that, when I was learning how to drive. Yeah, definitely. Panic um, at the Disco and Fall Out Boy were like my two staples before ever I went to on a tennis tournament to try to hype myself <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah, I played tennis. That was fun. I was not good at it. Anyway, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, like I, I started listening to Panic at the Disco sometime in like high school. So I, I got uh, Too Weird, Too Rare and just listened to it like all the way through. And then I got, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Fever You Can't Sweat Out, listened to that all the way through multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Now that we're talking about like where we hopped in, I think it's a good point to transition into what is your favorite Panic at the Disco song and what is your favorite <gasps> Panic at the Disco album? Oh, that's okay. Uh, I have that's, to look, that's I have tough. look at Spotify. I have to look at Spotify. I have to yeah, look, understandable. I know. I mean, uh, Spotify has told me for three years in a row that Panic at the Disco is my top artist, so I have to be like, okay, well, Panic which one? The, if I, <laughs> they've been in my top five for the last two years, but they have not been my number one. Um, but I, I think that just goes to show how long running, I think they're also in my top of the, of the cent, like not the century, the decade. I think that goes to mm-hmm. show just how much I, I love this band. Um, okay. I, th- I think like my, I think my two favorites are off of too weird, too rare, uh, colorful. And this is gospel. I don't know colorful that well. It's quite good. Mm. Okay. I think that. It's it's a toss up for Death of a Bachelor and Too Weird Too Rare, for which is my favorite album, um, because I think they're both amazing for different reasons. Like, too, Death of a Bachelor really explores Brendan's voice, and Too Weird Too Rare really expa- explores like more of the other musical aspects. And I love the song Nicotine. That is one of my favorite songs mm. ever. Um, and Girls Girls Boys is one of probably the best songs that I know. Um, oh, Girls Girls Boys was just gay and i loved it <laughs> um <laughs> pansexual king loved him yeah anyway uh <laughs> but similarly my death favorite... of the bachelor is one of my yeah. favorite songs ever created uh-huh. i think it's one of yeah, those that, like that one is also very it's a good. very sinatra-esque song um and i loved Frank oh. Sinatra. he's so talented uh yes and it's just that whole it's such a fun poppy like vibe album uh and i think that it's hard for me to distinguish between the two for which one i like more I'm sorry, Ben, did I completely Definitely. cut you off? What were you saying? No, I mean, I kind of cut you off, though, too, so it's fine. Um, I think if I had to choose one album and one song, 
it would be too weird to live, obviously. But then also, uh, this is gospel. You just gotta, you gotta. Yeah. I have to have that song. It's just like there's okay. a there's a, a fantastic piano version of this is gospel on YouTube. Oh, fantastic! Where Brendan Urie is just he's he's just the music video is actually kind of funny. Just he's just sitting at a piano and they're dropping things on him. <laughs> um. Yeah, I didn't include this as gospel because I knew someone else would. <laughs> yeah, it's it, yeah. It's hard it's to talk so about Panic at the it. Disco yeah. without talking about this as gospel. I think personally. Oh, yeah. it's so good. So, and I mean, like, because as a when I was a theater kid, it was the need to always have to be able to hit Brendan's notes, yep. and this is gospel was like the par for the course, and I could never do it because. I'm not Brendan Urie, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh. Uh, so, uh, continuing on that that whole theater kid idea, Bennett, Brendan Urie has done um, since he is Panic at the Disco at this point. I feel comfortable just talking about a little bit of his work. Um, yes. And he he's done a couple side projects. One of them, I think, you wanted to talk about, which was Kinky Boots. Yes, he has. He was. Uh, I forgot which year it was. It was like a year or two ago. He was Charlie Price in Kinky Boots. He was the lead. Of I believe Kinky it was Boots two years on- ago. Two years ago, yeah, I think I don't remember where it was. I think it was Broadway? Question mark. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to hunt down that bootleg for years, and I still cannot find it. But like, I'm working on it. <laughs> he was in 2017, I believe. Um, 2017. Okay. And he was on Broadway, yeah. He was on Broadway, yeah. I. It was big, and I mean now, cause I mean, he, I think he's still a theater kid. So obviously, everyone has heard him. On the Frozen soundtrack and yeah. Into the Unknown, which is a great. Wait, he's on the Frozen like soundtrack. It's... Yeah, he has a yes, uh, rendition does... of Into the Unknown. Same with and how Weezer oh, did. Uh, he has Into the Unknown, and Weezer did Lost in the Woods. Oh wow, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, it's dude. If you... sidebar for a sec, if you haven't seen the Weezer music video for Into the or uh, for Lost in the Woods, and you're a fan of Frozen two, watch it. They did a live action recreation of. Um, the the Lost in the Woods music video, where any scene with Anna, they actually brought Kristen Bell in, and uh, it's it's um, hot, or uh, Kristoff is played by um, Rivers. Uh, it's so funny. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's I every time. Uh, Renier comes out with a new song. I'm just like thinking, like, is this higher than he was? In the previous song, because like I swear this man just keeps his voice just keeps getting higher and higher in every song. Mm-hmm. Like Into the Unknown is so high up there. There's a small community of people who are worried about Brendan Urie's voice um, and him like completely destroying it because of how hard he goes on those high notes. I mean that's a reasonable fear. Yeah, it's just it's fun to me mm-hmm. to know that people care so much about this man that they're mm-hmm. like I you watch YouTube videos of like a vocal coach or vocal coach reacting to Brendan Urie singing and the comments oh, are like see now. oh Bebo's going to throw out his voice oh it's not the same as it used to be and I'm like all right let's calm down he's also getting He's older. also been doing this for 10 years right yeah. like <laughs> um but at the same time it's like it's a real fear you know what if what if Bebo loses uh what if he loses his his ability that would be I mean going going hard going hard on High notes isn't nearly as bad as going hard on like unclean vocals. Yeah, and I yeah. think he's, he's got very clean vocals. He's... Yeah. Well, so uh, unclean vocals is like uh, like 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 scream singing. 
Yeah, it's like it's a like like, and also like punch, a ton kinda. of vocal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, also it's like it has even stuff as simple as like a vocal growl or something like that. It's where they like, uh, like kind of when they come back down from it, they like scratch their way down, which sounds cool, but it's not good for your voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um, other side, so, uh, two other side songs I want to mention. Um, one of them I talked about in the history is the song they did for Jennifer's Body, um, which is New Perspective. Uh, that is one of my it's favorite such songs. a good song, but it's, they don't you can't find it anywhere. That's what I'm saying. That one and then another one in the same vein is Mercenary, which they did for the I think Arkham City soundtrack. Um it was either Arkham City or Arkham Asylum. They did a song called Mercenary. And it's uh so good, but it's another one where it's just kinda hard to find. Um I mean, you can find New Perspective on Spotify. Can you now? Because you couldn't I, for a while. Yeah. <gasps> I just typed it in, it's right there. Oh, I'm so happy. Um, when I first got Spotify, it wasn't there, and then I gave up on looking. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Um. Definitely. I mean, I still have to see that movie. I still have to see Jennifer's Body. That's a great movie. Another big single, or another big song that I talked about, um, Love in the Middle of the Firefight, which Brendan Urie featured on, but it's hard to, hard to acknowledge singles he's featured on without talking about me with Taylor Swift. Um, and I hate that song. Oh yeah. I do not oh. like the song "Me." I don't um, like her new music. I don't. I don't like Taylor's new music at all. Really. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, I've never been a particularly big Taylor Swift fan to begin with. I had a lot of friends who were, so I listened to her a lot. But it's just like, she's not. I don't get. I don't get what the, what's so special about Taylor Swift. I don't get why we chose her. You know. I mean. Yeah. And I'm gonna take some flack for saying most, this. Yeah. I don't get yeah. why we chose. Like I don't get. I, I think Beyonce is overrated as well. I, <laughs> oh boy! Oh, I, I've, got, I've got a lot. Of, I've got a lot of opinions, but I don't want to share them because anymore. people are going to yell at me. All right, we're going to do a day. We're going to do one of these. One of these podcasts that's just going to be our opinions on overrated and underrated musicians. Oh um, boy! I've just, got some real controversial opinions. Just to really tear apart uh, how how like people view us, we're gonna we're gonna ruin it. I feel like, okay, in my defense, okay, we're just going to, I'm going to say this and then we're going to move on. Okay. I think as far as the Beyonce thing goes, she's not exactly making music for white men. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's, I think that's part so of why that's, I don't that's get what it. I'm going to say about that. That's, what, that's what I'm going to say about that. I like, she's overrated in my eyes, but that's because I am not her audience. Like I, yeah. I see people getting excited and it's, it's just not made like it's, I think it's actually like the goal is for people like me not to be like super, like it's mm-hmm. for a, a different audience and i respect it um but that is why i say that she's overrated uh but you, yeah no Ooh. you're right and um but i brought up me because i want to ask do you guys have a least favorite panic at the disco song does me there, count does me <laughs> count um no me does okay not count. let me see let me go back to my uh spotify playlist hold on yeah i, I, don't I really also like need to go back to their I don't really like the early stuff as much. I like the new. I like the newer Panic at the Disco. Yeah. But if I had to pick one, because the way I see it is, it's really hard to go to Panic at the Disco and be like, I don't like this song. Most of their music, I love. See, um, I'm not wild about Vegas Lights. Okay. I I just think it's kind of obnoxious, especially with the children's choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I get that. I think that Sarah Smiles is kind of an annoying song, but I still really like it. 
it's a weird uh like a weird paradox which i'll listen to it and i'll be like okay but i just it's a weird one to me do you guys remember uh the song they did with fun called come on no no they did a song with fun really uh when it was still around yeah it was not very good but it was it, it happened <laughs> <laughs> i'll give it a listen after. interesting um, um let me see yeah it's right here i have it i have it right here <laughs> yeah no yeah. i if you search come on fun it's the very first thing yeah um, they did that with panic so yeah, i'll give that a listen i would say okay you guys aren't gonna like me for this i didn't really like nine in the afternoon that much was not okay. my style interesting i because understand not liking of more it of the, it was more of like uh, it was based off of kind of like 60s rock yeah. Which is like more of like Beatles sound, and I never really liked the Beatles that much. Which is also another controversial opinion we're gonna get killed for. Hey, but Bennett. like, um, um, Bennett, controversial opinion. I agree with you. See, I, I don't like the Beatles that much. But I, I love the I love the Beatles music, but I don't like their versions of their songs. Okay. Like covers that of Beatles songs, I think are fantastically well done. But they they were just, I think they were a little bit before their time as far as technology goes. Like, they made the most of what they had, but it still sounds too lo-fi to me. That is so true. I do like I do like Beatles songs. I just don't like when they sing it. That is um, very true. Okay. Yeah, I, I understand. Um, but yeah, Nine in the Afternoon kind of sounds like the Beatles, and therefore I didn't really like them. I still listen to it, and I still enjoy it, but if I... Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, it did have sort of a Sgt. Pepper vibe to it. Yeah. So, I want to kind of do something like we did last week, where I asked for your, if you can make an emo. Like last week I did, if you could make a pop punk concert, who would you choose and why? Um, I'm going to say this time, if you could choose um, singers that are like Brendan Urie type of singers, where they're like, they're, they're long running, they're history, they're famous... And you could make a musical, or like a TV musical, a movie musical, an actual stage musical using a couple singers. What musical would you want to do? And what singers would you want in it? If that makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah, Ben, I, I'm, I'm, ben, I'm really I, I'm, playing with you on this one. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I would absolutely love to see a, a version of Rent with Brendan Urie. Oh, that would be oh, amazing. Yes. I mean that. Now, who do you want him to I play? Mean, let's all right. Let's cast. Let's recast Rent. All right. Let's start. Brendan Urie, Roger, one hundred percent. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have to pull up the Rent cast just to make sure I'm putting all the characters in the right places. Um, Darius Rucker. Uh, I want to be Tom Collins. Yes. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah, Angel. Hootie out there. Angel. Yes. Angel. Um, so I'm thinking for Mark. Um, who would we? Who would we? Who would we want as our videographer? Right. Who's our Who's our little bit awkward, little bit funny guy? Um, so you, you have to I want to see Ansel Elgort. Is... Maybe. For and some I reason, I really want I really want Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day to be in there somewhere, but I don't know where he would be. Oh. No, he should be Mark Cohen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that would and be Brendan Urie. Brendan Urie should be. Uh... Roger. Yes. Yeah, so we have... I mean, let's complete the trifecta. Where's Gerard Way? (laughs) (laughs) Where's Gerard Way? Um, I don't know if Gerard Way would really fit in with this, right? I don't think he would either. 
How do we feel? Do we want to replace Adina Menzel as Maureen? Because yeah. I think we could just keep Adina Menzel. I kind of love Adina Menzel. I think I think we, we should go for the Adina Menzel, uh, Kristen Bell dynamic duo again. Yep. Yeah. So all right, let's move. Let's move Adina Menzel to be just a different character, and then put Kristen Bell as Maureen. <laughs> yes. Really? Uh, not really? because we'll I make... think we should, but because I think it would be funny. Adina Menzel as Joanne. Yep. And Kristen Bell as Maureen. Because the thing is, with Maureen, you need some like raw sexual energy, and I do not get that from like. Yeah, but it's but... it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's better to have who has like who's a female with some just raw sexual energy. I, such a weird way to phrase a question, Bennett. <laughs> it's true it's not, though. It's not you a question it. I have an answer to. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna move on. Um, <laughs> I I think we did. I think that's good. I think we're good on the on the round one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, if if you happen to know. If, if you um, happen to be friends with any of these people and would like to convince them to do rent, please do. I, the funny thing about your question is that there are plenty of musicals like that are based off of rock albums. Like uh, American Idiot is a rock yeah. is a uh, musical now. Yeah, I, I mean, it was as soon as it was made into the album that it was like there was no mm. reason for it not to be turned into another story. Like it, it just worked oh, so absolutely. well. Um, which I really respect when when bands do that. Like I think it's a really fun time here when i was that works so well like that in fact when i was at the peak of um my panic craze in like my senior year of high school there was a rumor going around that there was going to be a that they were working on a panic musical oh my god there gosh, was a rumor going imagine? around yeah i don't think it ever happened and i don't think it ever got off the ground because i think it'd be kind of hard to patch their i mean it, we, it's possible but it's, i think it'd be hard to patch their albums together to make a cohesive story without it kind of being a Mamma Mia where it's just mm -hmm. like, it's just, uh, it's just, so, it's like they are stretching a plot over us, over a, an album. So like, I think I can write this. Around. I believe in myself. You, I can make this I mean, happen. They already have like Go a three piece, uh, music video set, right? Like they have, this is got, or at least two there's, this is gospel and there's, um, members, new clothes. Yeah. Emperor's new clothes are connected mm -hmm. already. Um, yeah. I feel like there's a third, but I don't know why. I don't think so. There we have six is. minutes. Got it. We have six yeah. minutes of musical so far. Um, but I think I think you could do it. I think you could connect it. Um, oh yeah, absolutely, you could. I'm just waiting on somebody to do it. True. So, Death of a Bachelor you... could get in there. Oh yeah, definitely. Only because I really want it to. Um. But yeah, uh, that's. I think that that is a maybe a pretty good place to call it. How do you guys feel? Do you think we did a pretty good job covering Panic? I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, we it's it's impossible to cover everything that's involved with Panic, but I yeah. think we got the big gist. And, I mean, if you haven't heard Panic, oh, my Lord, you are missing it. I was going to say, Go. our goal with this is to Go. generate interest, but pa you don't really need to generate interest for Panic the Disco, right? It's like, they're kind of explanatory yeah. They're just, they just do their thing. Yeah, hopefully you already have interest in them. Um, if Bennett knows what, who Panic at the Disco is, you should know who Panic at the Disco is. And that's a fact. That is a fact brought to you by Flashback Cafe, consisting of me, Austin Spaulding. I'm Connor Seco. And me, Bennett Smith. And thank you for listening, guys. We'll catch you again next week, same time, same place. Uh, and the band, guess what? 
you don't get to know because we don't decide until maybe it's a little bit too late. Um, and that's on me. But uh, we'll catch you guys later. Thanks so much for listening. This is Flashback.